Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Wow. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I was, let me just say this to both. Let me say hi to Micah and hi to Benny. Hi to both of my producers today. Thank you all. Hi, Pat. I was just wondering, I was looking at the shows today and now Mark, Mark Vitusek, I was looking at Linda scheduling these because she doesn't do things randomly. She does things that make sense to her. And, and I'm thinking, what are we going to? When you're falling, dive lessons in the art of living. Exactly what I need to I need to talk to him. And I said to Linda, just make sure we we need an hour. I, I want to talk to him an hour because I forget this. I forget this when you're falling, dive. And, you know, one of the things I love about this, because even though, Mark, you may not have thought about this, I reflected upon my first skydiving event and and there are pictures of me. I don't know if Micah, if you got them or Benny, if you have them. But one of the things you learn when you jump out of a plane, just saying, don't, I'm not saying for anybody to go do this. So please do. I don't want to get emails from your partners and your spouses that Dr. Pat said, I am not saying. But when you jump out of a plane, you dive. And when you dive and you have that experience, why is it that? pictures and the video of me has the biggest smile on my face that I have ever had people didn't even know I could smile like that they were like you got to be kidding me but what is it about that what you don't know is the preparation that happens before you jump what you don't know is what went on in the plane you see when you're falling what is this about your life's journey that Mark talks about? What are the lessons you're going to learn about today that will help us all understand that there is a smile you can put on your face if you understood what he's written in his book today and what he shares? For those of you, I want to introduce you to my very special guest today so that those of you know who Mark is. First of all, if you if, if you find out about who he is, an award-winning author, a teacher, a speaker, but he focuses on transformative writing, whether it's personal, professional, spiritual development. And when you read something like that about somebody, you know that they've been through the fire. You know it. Because in order for you to get to that place, in order for any of us to be able to talk about any of this, reading about it in a textbook is not going to have a show up authentically. And so when you know this about somebody, then you're not surprised when you do read this book that comes across your desk and you think this book is just for you. Today, you're going to hear about 
how you get through and thrive, how you get through some of life's greatest trials, and what is the secret knowledge about that? What can you learn about being out and understanding the art of survival? What does it mean to cross the own wilderness that's inside of each of us? What does that mean to really study and learn to find out that what's inside of you is always meant to come out and be powerful beyond our recognition? And what would you learn from Mark today as he's interviewed hundreds and hundreds of well-known survivors, right? But what is it about folks that can remind each of you, you too, like you, every one of us, we have it inside of us. Mark, it's great to have you here. Welcome. Thank you, Pat. It's great to be here. Every story, 20 years, I love doing this. I love learning. But every story, especially when you show up as powerfully as I've just described you, and I've just really just scratched the tip of the iceberg, starts with a personal journey. It starts with something that has either rattled our cage, rocked our boat, the parachute that you don't think is going to open as you're jumping out of the plane. So here's my question to kick us off before we really talk about this. See, underneath writing a book like this, you know what it's like to survive. You wouldn't have, this would not have been of interest to you. What is it, what challenges, what obstacles, what did you have to overcome to get you to be here in this very moment today? Well, that really begins when I was a young kid. I grew up in a house where there was a lot of trauma and loss, violence, and fear. Uh, and there was nobody around to uh, give me any guidance. So I became a seeker when I was a very young kid. I turned inward uh, for answers to how to get through so much of the suffering and the pain that was around me. So that was the foundation as I started writing when I was a very young child and realized that it could really be a path of self-insight. Uh, and then when I was in my late 20s, I was just an ordinary yuppie in New York City working in the magazine business and trying to climb, you know, climb the ladder. And I was hit with a fatal diagnosis uh, and I wasn't supposed to live for more than five years. So everything fell apart in my life. I quit my job. I followed a friend to India. I turned inward. I started asking myself the kind of questions that seekers ask themselves. And so for 10 years, I was really basically a Dharma bum uh, living all over the world, wherever I could sleep on people's couches or a monastery ashram. Uh, and I was preparing myself to die. I was really trying to cope with day-to-day -day terror of when is the shoe going to drop? Uh, and it was completely you know, meant to drop. Uh, well, it didn't drop. Uh, treatments for my condition you know, arrived, but I was able to go through that complete letting go of any sense of mm. certainty or control. Mm. And that's really what set me up for the work that I've done you know, as a memoirist and, and, and as a teacher, because mm. see, survivors are more deeply rooted in life than people who have not been tested. And this is such an important point because when you get rooted that way, it, 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 elect, it, it vitalizes you. It brings you to life. Uh, it doesn't break you. Uh, it actually uh, plugs you into a deeper source. My gosh. I, you know, I tell you, I was talking to a friend of mine this morning, Mark. And first of all, thank you for sharing that because you and I have that in common. You know, I have achieved a lot in my life. 
I thought survival came at a very young age based on my childhood, my mom's suicide, being homeless. I thought that was survival. No, that wasn't it. Survival came to me in your words after I read your book and I read these stories. When it hits your physical state, okay, right? You're shaking your head. So you know what I'm about to say. I do, I do. Six months after starting this journey, 20 years ago, I dial the wrong phone number. And honestly, I go on a journey. Everybody wanted to commit me. My friends, my partner, they're like, what are you doing? That was 20 years ago. I bought airtime, one hour. I paid a lot of money. It felt like breathing to me. And I've never looked back, started a network. However, six months after this, man, I started to listen to people. Like, really? You're not going to take that big corporate job? Like, you went to school for 10 years. Look what you did. You won awards. Da, 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 da. And I got a mystery disease. And I'm telling you what you just described. I lived for 10 years with something that I, that according to people, could have killed me in my sleep. But you see, that's why you and I are talking today. Because we don't want people to have to go through that. Right? I mean, isn't that why you do what you do? It's not to say to everybody listening, hey, you all, you got to go through that. It's like, oh, no, you don't have to go through that. You can learn. Isn't that part of why you wrote this book? Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we are all going to encounter suffering, impermanence, loss, uh, sickness in our lives. That's not the point. But we don't have to go through it without insight, without awareness, and without really getting that we're not just this body. Because that's what you said. You started by saying it when it really hits you in your body, that's when you wake up. And it, it's true because it forces you to look at what am I beyond the body? What is, is there a part of me that, that transcends the body, that survives the body? And that's what begins a spiritual life. So what I want to say to people is when you're aware that your circumstances don't have to define who you are and that pain and suffering are really there to wake you up, they're instructors and guides, it changes how you experience adversity. So it's true. People don't have to go through it blind. They can go through it with a lot of tools, which is why I, I wrote that book. And, you know, I want to talk with people about the book. First of all, um, what I... <laughs> I I mean, there are books and, you know, when you open up a book, you look at the cover, but then you also look at the table of contents, right? And it's usually the table of contents. When I open this up, I, I go right to the table of contents because I'm like, wait a minute, which one do I want to start with? Which story am I going to start with? Where do I want to start? Because I know enough about your book to know this is a journey. This is a journey through stories, but it's also a journey of people. And every story in here. Um, I want to ask you, though, about this. This is going to be the weirdest question. I bet you not. Yeah, I bet you haven't gotten this question. There's so much rich, richness, but you chose to come out of the gate with this story, magical thinking, right? And I just want to be inside your head. And now I've read it, so I know. But I want to be inside your head because you obviously thought that was an important place to start. Absolutely, because magical thinking is one of our primary crosses to bear. It's a, it's a real obstacle when you're facing adversity. Uh, and I had interviewed Joan Didion, the late, great uh, American novelist, 
And she had written a book called Magical Thinking, The Year of Magical Thinking After Her Husband Died. And when I was reading this book, it made me think this is what we want to avoid. This is really this, a step that we can, we can skip uh, because it kept her in a cycle of you know, regret, expectation, denial, resistance for years that she ha then had to learn how to get over. So with you know, no criticism of Joan Didion, and it's a fantastic book that she wrote. But magical thinking isn't our friend when what we need is actual strength. And the strength comes from facing the facts. It does. Information is the antidote to fear. Uh, knowledge, you could say, is the antidote to fear. And so we need to look at what's actually going on if we hope to uh, have any kind of stability, equilibrium, and resilience in our lives. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine this morning. I was thinking of this story, and I was thinking of your book. And I have a friend that, oh my gosh, um, the past six months from her, her entire life is upside down, the loss of her husband. Um, you know, then things happening with the home and having to really get things done in the home that she didn't expect. I mean, it's one thing after the other, right? Going through the estate and having their baby estate kind of issues. I mean, it was just one thing after the other. And I had a conversation with her today and she said something fascinating to me which I was actually surprised she had the wherewithal to say, what is this all for, right? All of her to-do list, because it's one thing to lose a loved one, but it's another thing to spend every day since that to really have to work on some very big issues, right? That you may not have faced before. And I said to her, in my own words, I think what you said, I said, look, you're not expected to be any other place than where you are right now. And your goal is to do the next indicated thing. Your that's what, that's what your mission is right now, right? And I said, don't underestimate what you've gone through, but the future will be revealed to you because you're in the middle of the journey right now. And even in the middle of the journey, you gotta remember to drink your water. You gotta remember to get your water. So you have to do the next indicated thing and you're surrounded with people that would help you. And I was so struck by, by, by these stories and how the people in your stories knew the next indicated thing. Because you, what, the only other choice, as everyone knows who's been in a crisis, is to do nothing, <laughs> to stay in the corner, shut the door, shut the windows and just rot and just give up. You get to a point when your back's against the wall, you don't have the luxury of a lot of rumination. So you really, you, it becomes an act of survival. If I'm going to survive, not only as a body, but as a soul, as a, as a, as a spirit, uh, then I'm going to have to say yes. And yes is, as you're saying, the next indicated thing. Uh, and it doesn't have, there is no right thing. That's the important no. thing. You know, if, you, if you take door A, you'll learn those lessons. If you take door B, you'll learn those lessons. But really, it is no, there is no uh, right or wrong uh, choice. There are better and worse, more skillful, more helpful choices and less. But there is no wrong choice. Exactly. Because I can tell you from my own experience, some of my <laughs> wrong uh, choices have led me to uh, my, you know, my life, my, my, my work, the things that matter the most to me. Look, people ask me how I got started. I say I dialed a wrong phone number and I did. That's what happened 20 years ago. And the odd thing is like, you're in, you're in Boston now. I grew up in New York. You know this and I know this. People that 
this is not a bad thing. So please don't email me when I say this. But people in New York, we grow up according to a pace. We don't stay on wrong phone number phone calls. We just don't. It's not in our makeup. I, I, I mean, some of us, maybe now I do, but 2003, you dial a wrong phone number, you hang up. I didn't. See, and this is what I love about your book. And I want to jump to this. I want to ask you this one question. Uh, one of the stories, by the way, I will tell you, um, took place, I believe, if I read it right, in a part of Brazil that I found out my grandfather was born in. The best secret in the planet. Your grandfather was born in Brazil and you thought you were Italian all your life. Hello. Found that out about four years ago. And I was reading about this because, you know, I'm fascinated by it, but I'm really struck by this. I went through your book and there's a part of me that got activated. What changed in you? Writing a book like this had to change you. I mean, it sounds impossible because you've been through so much. But I know when I read the book, I'm like starting to think and second think some, some things. How did writing this book change you, Mark? It gave me a lot of hope and faith in the power of the human spirit. You know, I, I knew what I had been through. I knew some of the things I had done to, 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 to make you know, to survive. But when I realize I'm part, you're part, one is part of a tribe of survivors, it's, it's part of a human journey that's universal. Uh, and you realize that regardless of the circumstance of a particular uh, adversity that you're facing, it's part of a pilgrim's progress toward awakening that all of us are on. So where your wake up call comes is, is, is irrelevant. Hopefully it will come when you're young. So you'll have the, right? So then you have the time to actually you know, have, a, have a second life or may start a new chapter. Uh, but it, wherever it comes, it's part of an archetypal journey, a universal journey. And that's very strengthening because one of the things, as you know, when you're faced with pain and loss is to take it personally and to feel set apart or poor me or... This, this book removed the last remnants uh, of that in me. And I realized that this is really part of something yeah. that is meant to happen. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about, oh, I'm going to read from the, I'm, I'm going to read from, from your words in the book. I just need to read this. Um, I, 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 it really begins the book, but it really is so important for people to read a lot of people. So, so you all, I have told you a lot about reading books, but I will tell you the one things you don't want to do is ever not read an introduction. It, what I have found coming from somebody that grew up not being able to read, I have learned to really appreciate words and stories. And what I loved about this is how people, and I think you talk about it, whether you're in a hospital room or a penitentiary, and I work with women that are in jail and addiction and recovery, right? So I understand that. And boy, what a dream. I could write a book about that, but I would have the woman, women help me write the book. But what you say is so beautiful. You say many of them have learned to turn to their own, turn their obstacles upside down and realize, as one grieving mother told me, that no matter how painful life becomes, something else is also true unexpected gifts come in i'm kind of i'm gonna why am i crying over this unexpected gifts come in unlikely containers i'm surprised overjoyed to still be here healed but not cured chronically awestruck grateful beyond measure for another day i hope that this book is a comfort to you 
Let its chorus of voices remind you loud and clear that even with the cards stacked against you, life is always worth the risk. So many people are feeling that life is stacked against them today. Yes, it's true. And that's mm -hmm. why I'm happy this book is being reissued at this particular moment. I am because too. A lot of people are facing the kinds of questions that folks who have, you know, gone through crises or terrible, you know, adversity have been asking for, you know, most of our lives. But now with the pandemic and with, you know, the rise of fascism around the world, all of what's going on, people are looking yeah. at life feeling like there is there is an overwhelming opposition to wellness there's there's a an overwhelming um obs there are overwhelming mm. obstacles uh to a, a having a viable future yeah and so to live that way it, it's hard to find your way through that kind of a of a dark wood uh, a, a forest and a lot of people are finding themselves in the middle of the forest trying to find their way out which is what this book is meant to be a kind of a, a light it's a it's a light with a lot of individual lights in it because as you said it's it's full of stories and people's different approaches to wisdom but it's meant to be the kind of book that people can pick up in the middle of the night open at any place and get some yeah. wisdom get some strength and some hope yeah it reminded me of you know my time out in the desert and looking at a very dark sky and watching each star pop up almost as if they come in one by one you know, as the sun sets in the desert until the sky is filled with these beautiful stars and you find yourself drawn to one or the other, not always the biggest, but you just find yourself drawn. And I think that's what happens in the book. You know, there is a story for everyone. And I want to ask you about this because I used the skydiving analogy to open the show. Again, least likely person, didn't think I'd get out of New York but love skydiving and i remember the whole journey i just remember it and i remember the parts where you're preparing now the title of the book i have so many versions that i see of my life of falling but i want to hear your version of this because for people that don't quite understand the idea of falling and diving unless you skydive you don't fundamentally understand the difference for me falling from an airplane you're so up against the resistance of the wind i don't know if people can relate to that but i just want to say so when you come out of that plane y'all there is the falling part until you realize you don't have to experience that and when you decide to put your head down I know this sounds crazy, right? Put your head down, something energetically changes. Can you talk to your meaning that probably has nothing to do with my skydiving experience, but boy, it is a visual, it's a visual and a visceral experience for me to even talk about it. Sure. I mean, the difference between falling and diving is surrender uh, and, and giving over control to a force that's larger than we are and i can actually tell a skydiving story that illustrates this perfectly please one of, old, one of my oldest and dearest friends had dreamt of skydiving her whole life so for her 50th birthday she put together a little party of people to skydive together and everyone went and she wanted to go last everybody jumped out of the plane finally 
it came to be her turn and she said, no, I'm not going. They said, you have to go. I said, no, I'm not going. And she had made a deal with them beforehand. If I don't want to go push me. So she, the guys came and they pushed her out of the plane, but she never surrendered. She flailed. She was oh. terrified. She landed on her feet and she did a lot of damage to her body. And that, that's exact. And that's really a true story. And that's, that's a perfect example of what happens when you don't give over to what's happening. You know, she was she was literally falling out of a plane and acting like she could, you know, could hold on. And what it did is it uh, caused a lot of injuries. So that's, isn't that's that metaphorical about giving giving over? Excuse oh, me, my sorry. gosh. See, I didn't know that. Look, I can only relate to this, but I can relate to parts of my life. When now that you've just described that, I want to take a short break when we come back. I want to talk about some of the stories and some of the examples, because the message that I hope we bring as a network and the hosts bring and you bring in the book, and thank you for bringing this book back out, but it's not just about the book. This is a life path for you. People can join you. They can, they can look at the seekers forum. They could look at the book. They can look at places. And I want to make sure one Mark that people know what is the best way to find out more about you. What is the best way to step into a journey for those people that may not know some of the things we're talking about, because everyone can participate. How do they find out about this? How do they get the book? Well, the book is available wherever books are sold. Uh, people can look at my website, markmatusic.com, or my community for talking about these kinds of things, which is called theseekersforum.com. Uh, and I love connecting with people. These are both resources for a lot of what you're talking about. People who want to know where to start, but they there are so many different options. Uh, the Seekers Forum, in the Seekers Forum, we have a, a huge uh, resource library for people to dip in and say, well, that works for me. That resonates. That doesn't resonate. I have to tell you, I love that you did that. And I want to say this to folks because... There is a way to get relief for whatever you're going through. That's why we do these shows. That's why I've been doing it 20 years. Never thought I'd end up being any good at it. Just saying, like a kid that stuttered in the Bronx, that doesn't work in the Bronx. But, but here's what we're talking about. When we come back, we're going to talk about what is the opening. If you're listening to this, there's an opening. I'm just saying but what is the opening that you meant tap into? Because what Mark has been able to bring to the forefront is that there is a story in each of us. There's a story that could tell us how victimized we are. There's also a story that could tell us how victorious we are, how powerful, greater than you can imagine. When we come back, we're going to share some of those stories. And by the way, it is, thank you for texting me. I'll say it slowly, theseekersforum.com. The T-H-E, put that in front of it like the Dr. Pacho. If you put that, the Seekers Forum, when you get there, you're going to find there's opportunities to become part of something. There are programs. All of it's right there. And then Mark's website. And yes, I will also tell you about that. And I will spell it for you. Thank you for texting me. I love that my listeners have my phone. Um, it's mm -hmm. Mark Matusek. I'm going to spell it. Mark, M-A-R-K-M-A-T. O-U-S-E-K.com. But Google, when you're falling, dive. Go ahead and Google it. Benny, Micah, let's take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk story. We'll be right back, everyone. 
Optimize your breast cancer screening without any radiation or pain. Effective, sensitive, and widely used thermal imaging in Europe is now available to you here in the U.S. Using state-of-the-art FDA-approved camera, Eastside's first and only breast thermography clinic is now open in Bellevue. Safe, sensitive, low cost, no referrals needed. Contact Holistique Medical Center at 425-451-0404 or on the web, drdarvish.com. It's time to tap into your divine self through angelic guidance. Join your host, Cindy Smith, and co-hosts in the Angel Empowerment Show from I Can't to I Can, airing every Monday, 6 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn from four of the best angel empowerment practitioners in the field. Together, they will share experiential teachings and offer live on-air professional angel card readings and much more. For more information, visit CindySmithAEP.com. Tune in to Knowledge Book Radio with host Marge Potasek the fourth Tuesday each month at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Through many experiences, Marge was led to the Knowledge Book, a gift to humanity in its transition to the golden age that provides truth and answers. She now shares information from the Knowledge Book with you monthly on TransformationTalkRadio.com on Knowledge Book Radio. For more information, visit USA.TheKnowledgeBook.com. Net. Tune in to Awaken Your Magic Within, reveal unconscious systems to discover your unstoppable freedom power. Join me, Tracy Lynn Wallace, on TransformationTalkRadio.com the first Tuesday of each month, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, to gain insight, direction, and tools to uncover limiting beliefs. Get ready to step into your unstoppable power to discover and uncover your magic within. Sometimes being human has its challenges. Our physical health falters, our spirits sag, our dreams don't immediately come to fruition. Welcome to the power of Maximum Medicine Radio. Join me, Doc Martin, in conversations that will blow your mind about healing. In our hit show, Doc Martin addresses the scientific with bridging to the mystical approaches to give you a new narrative about Maximum Medicine. In this live call-in show, we will journey into the extraordinary genius of the human body and talk about other beliefs that impact being your multidimensional self. We seek the seen and the unseen and explore the earthbound and the otherworldly, all with the purpose of calling forth the maximum you. To learn more about Doc Martin and Maximum Medicine, visit www.SharonMartinMD.com. Oh my gosh, I have to tell you so many stories. I mean, you know, we're talking about stories and and I I didn't even say welcome back, Benny. So sorry, kind of forgetting. I want to welcome everybody back. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat show. I was just like talking with Mark, um, Mark Matusik joining me here today. Um, And he is the author of many things. But right now we're talking about when you're falling dive lessons in the art of living and so what this book has it has so many stories okay you know because that's what mark does and does it so well he does many other things but part of what this book is about is understanding adversity understanding how adversity becomes powerful awakening now mark you and i earlier we shared it's not that i my only awakening was having my body fail and by the way overnight like March 31st, my body was great. April 1st, it just came apart. 
But it's not just about that. I had many other opportunities for that to wake up. And I did do a little awakening. I really did. Like leaving my corporate job because I looked in the mirror one day and I was unrecognizable to myself. Like stop drinking and using at the age of 40. But I want to ask you this question. As you went through these and you heard these people tell their stories, which ones of these really stuck with you today? Which ones come to mind today? I know I put you on the spot, right? Well, there are so many wonderful stories. I would say three that I would talk about. The first is a woman named Maria Houston, who you mentioned when you read from the introduction. Uh, she wrote a wonderful book about her daughter's death called Hannah's Gift. And what she said to me is after her daughter, three-year-old daughter was diagnosed with cancer, everything fell apart. Her marriage fell apart. Her other relationships fell apart. She was suicidal. Uh, but she had a revelation one day. She realized that no matter what was going on, something else is also true. Uh, and that we don't, all the information isn't in. Uh, and that's, knowing that is what was the light that got her through the worst darkness. That was an amazing story. Uh, the second one is Ramdas, who is somebody I am sure your your listeners know. Oh of. my God! And I did a I, great interview with Ram when I first started out, and yeah, tell his story because it's amazing. Yes. Well, I, I in um, about twenty years ago, uh, an editor friend called me and said, "Ramdas, I'm doing a book with Ramdas. He's just had a major stroke, and he needs somebody to help him finish his book." And he was you know, paradoxically writing a book about conscious aging. And what he realized when he, this is someone who had traveled the world 50 years, he was an ambassador of enlightenment and, you know, caretaker to the world. Suddenly he realized that there was, he still had work to do. Uh, and that part of his stroke was, was telling him that he needed to be embodied. Uh, and so I worked with Ram Dass for a year on the book, uh, Still Here. Uh, and Something he said to me has been very influential. What he said is that everything in life falls away. Everything, the body diminishes, people die, you know, that life is impermanent. But one thing increases. And he said, and that's wisdom. He said, till the day you die, you can be building wisdom. Uh, as everything, every, everything may else fall away, but, but that is something that, that grows uh, and that gets stronger. And that's been really important to me as I've gone through my own losses, realizing that the insight that comes is something that it's, it's, it's a richness and it's something that we can take forward with us. Uh, and the, the other story, Pat, is Stanley Kunitz, who was a great poet. Uh, and I met him right before his hundredth birthday. Uh, and he was just an extraordinary man. And he said to me, he said, reinvention is my philosophy. He said, I don't wake up every day as a nonagenarian. I wake up as a poet. Uh, and he, the sense of life beginning again every day. Uh, and, and that that reinvention is always possible. Uh, and, and, no, and being surprised by our lives. You know, not becoming same old, been there, done that. But always being open to new experience is a way of resilience. It's a way of strengthening our spirit. And Stanley Kunis was an extraordinary example of that. So those are three of the stories that I've really used in my own life. The principles have, have helped me uh, help me stay clear in times when things get cloudy and uh, as you know, life can feel overwhelming. 
It is. And yet what I love about this is, see, I have an expression that I don't know how to say any better than I say it. Sometimes you can't plan this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But you better plan to be awake enough and aware enough to know when it's showing up. That's good. Right. Yes, exactly. I, I mean, I mean, you and I, 20 years ago, I am pretty sure it was about the same time that we were talking to Ram Dass. I even flew down to one of the conferences to interview him. Mm. And he talked about, I mean, I, I'm getting ready to pull some of these interviews and play them again because they're so rich. And he's talking about his time trying to get on a plane, like after, like after the stroke in the wheelchair. Chair. Um, and so when I say you can't plan these things, but you really do need to plan your readiness for when they show up, isn't that also a theme that comes through? Some of these folks, when you read about it, they didn't plan these things you don't plan the loss of your child or a husband or whatever you want to call it but there's something inside of each of us that can be ready for when those things happen isn't that what your, this book is also about a hundred percent it's about spiritual preparation it's about psychological preparation it's about doing the work of awakening during our lives so that when something happens we have that perspective, that insight uh, into uh, the fact that we're not just our body, uh, that uh, challenge is there to awaken us. These kinds of principles can become part of how we think and how we see. So that when you lose your friend, when you get the diagnosis, when your job falls apart, you know, when, you're, when your wife leaves you, you're not without tools. You're not without awareness. You've done some preparation. Uh, you're not completely uh, surprised and thinking, well, how could this happen to me? You know, why wouldn't it happen to you? You're a human being. So a lot of people go on automatic and they want to ignore the human condition. Uh, and until life comes along, clobbers you over the head and you can't ignore it anymore. Uh, it's much, much better not to wait to that moment to begin the journey of, of self-knowledge and self-discovery. Yeah, you know, I don't think any of us, Mark, could have planned these past three years. I didn't. But here's what I've learned, and I would love for you to talk to it because some of the stories are in the book. I've often wondered why certain things pop up in my life. I really, I, I thought about this. You know, I don't ruminate on it. I don't, I don't lose sleep. But I've often thought about it. And I've thought about what have those things done to prepare me for where I am today and what I am called to do. And what I learned from these three years is I thought I was prepared for what I'm called to do and they helped me get more prepared. How do these things through the stories, through your life, how can we talk to people to say, yes, we understand what you're going through, even now, even though the rest of the world and maybe your gov, maybe the government thinks, oh, COVID's over. But honestly, if you're a small business, you know, you are feeling it, right? We all know that. But it's preparing us. And these stories in your own life, my sense is it doesn't matter what crawls out from under the rock. There's something in that thing that crawls out from under the rock that's getting ready 
for us to look at a bigger rock, right? What do you think? Absolutely. And I think pan the pandemic came along at a moment when we've forgotten that we are connected as a global species. You know, this has forced us to acknowledge our mortality, our fragility, uh, our impermanence as a species. This has never happened in human history before. And it's no accident that it's happening at a time when we're endangering the planet. We're endangering our immune systems. Uh, we are overusing animals and animal products, the cruelty to animals. This points to all of those issues that the pandemic grew out of. So it is a big awakener. It's a global awakener. And I know a lot of people, as I'm sure you do, who have really changed their lives because of this. They've given up jobs that they hate. They've left relationships that weren't working. They've given up certain things that were harm, you know, harming habits that, that, were, that, were, uh, that were killing them. The pandemic has awakened a lot of people. And that, I think, is it's preparing us for what is coming. Because when you look out there, Pat, I don't have to tell you, it's a dangerous, dangerous moment in, uh, on this planet. It's, and it is unprecedented in the number of different dangers, you know, from superbugs to fire tornadoes to famines, refugees. It's gotten overwhelming. And so I think the pandemic is the first, uh, the first kind of, um, the first, how can I say, it's like a 10-pound weight. And we're in the gym, we're starting with like a 10-pound, 5-pound weight. Uh, because the truth is, most of us, we, we, we're inconvenienced, but we didn't actually suffer that much. There are things coming down the pike that are going to take a lot of strength uh, and a lot of uh, community and connection uh, that this is preparing us for. Yeah, I love this. And I love talking with you about it. Because part of this and you read through the stories and there are some of them that you know you'll relate to some and the other and some people relate to others but man there are lessons as you say when you surrender and let go and I want to reach back out and talk to you about that for me it was a process in learning um you know there have been some moments in my life where I've been shocked into surrender like what I shared with you, walking down in my fancy outfit, getting ready to go to my high paying corporate job and stopping in the foyer. I called it a foyer because it's Jersey stopping in this big, this, this big place at the bottom of the stairs with two giant doors on five acres. Right. And there's a mirror because you always have to check the way you look before you get into your fancy sports car, don't we? Right. And I remember this one day with my beautiful collie and I'm looking in there and I'm like, who the are you? <laughs> right. right. I can't cuss on the show, but I literally said that I was unrecognizable to myself. Mm. See, that's one of these things. I, I call that a point of surrender that I was willing enough to look and just be aware of that. Let's talk about how folks listening here maybe thinking i'm not that person i haven't lost a child i you know i didn't go through this illness you won't have to what we're trying to say to you you may have a mirror moment <laughs> right that's right that's right and in that moment you could have said no turned away from it and just gone up to your your office or where you know i don't know which direction you were moving but you didn't do that and that changed your life it gave you your 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 real life as far as people using this, Pat, everyone suffers, everyone hurts, everyone loses, everyone gets sick, everyone has fear. It's 
So we don't have to wait till we are overwhelmed by a, a, a life-threatening uh, crisis to start to do this work of awakening. But as I said earlier, a lot of people go through their lives trying to deny the human condition. Oh, I'm fine. You know, I'm not scared. You know, they're confident. They're, they're in control. Uh, and they hold on to that. The ego holds on to that as long as it possibly can until... You know, very often life just has to has to you know beat us up and pull pull it pull it away. Uh, what I'm saying to people is we can start to do this work now, and it's important. There's nothing more important than this work. It, we're talking about wisdom. We're talking about awakening to who we are. You know, that's what we're here for. And having these kinds of challenges and threats uh, force us to. That's why that's the beauty of them. They force us to start to look beyond uh, the material world and our, our self-centered little ego, uh, ego self. That's the beauty of them, if we use them. Or we can turn away from the mirror and we can go into denial. We can hold on to it as long as you know, possible. And then on our deathbed, we can, we can be resisting what's happening so that we go sort of, we go sort of kicking and fighting into, into that good night. That's not the way I want to die. And, and it's not the way I want to live. I don't want to live in denial of who I am, what's happening, and what really matters. Yeah, I love being able to talk about this because there is a future. It's like this morning with my friend, you know, and I know what that feels like to wake up one day and to say, I don't, I don't know what this is all for. You see, I imagine my mom felt that right before she committed suicide. I would imagine the first time she attempted suicide, she felt that. Um, and the second time she was very clear, she couldn't get clear on that. And she didn't have the help. She didn't have the tools. She didn't have you to talk to or me to talk to. You know, back then, women that were feisty, that wanted a better life, you just give them a prescription from Dr. Jacoby. Um, but if my mom was here and she left me with so much of who she is inside of me, but if she were here today, she would tell all of us that there is such a thing as hope and then there is such a thing as hope in action and see what you're writing about and these stories are writing about is you're taking hope to that ram das level ram das didn't say we're not going to write the book he's like we got to get some help that's right and i i want to ask you about that because so often and some of the stories here you know may not be clear to people but i've learned something and i think you have done it you have learned it too I know I can't do it alone anymore, but I really did try in my life. Mm -hmm. I, I know. I know that I can't do it alone anymore. And I want to talk about that message in the book as well. Absolutely. And that well, you're talking about humility. And that's what crisis does is it humbles you. Uh, you realize the, your limitations. Uh, as great as we are, we have limitations. It also forces you to acknowledge that you are connected uh, to other people. You know, you're not, you're not, you're not doing this you know, on, on your own. And that that's the beauty of it is that it makes us, you know, it makes us look at that because, you know, the ego is all around is all about fear. It's about denying that we need other people. It's about imagining that we are in control. So until we lose that, we can't have any intimacy in our lives. We can't have any true wisdom in our lives because it's based on a lie. It's based on the lie of the mind that tells us that uh, we're solid. Uh, we're not going anywhere. We, we know what's going on in our lives, but we don't know what's going on in our lives. The truth is that we don't know who we are, where we came from, where we're going, or why we're here. That's, we, these are ultimate mysteries that none of us 
of salt. So living in that mystery is what this practice is about. It's what the journey of resilience is about. It's living in mystery. And getting this mystery is extraordinary. And it's always revealing itself in ways that we, uh, as you said earlier, can't plan, but are really beautiful and are there are there for our learning and for our, our support and our, our enlightenment. Yeah. As we move forward, what are you most? I know this is interesting. We're talking about stories of survival, but I want to really go to this next thing. And I think it's what we're all made of, Mark. I think inside of us, we all have, oh my gosh, one of the biggest debates I've ever had was with Eckhart Tolle. And it, it really, it's when I really, I, I called him and I said, dude, you better recognize Ram Dass for your book. I'm just saying. And, you know, I did that like in, in like he was really popular on Oprah and everything. And I'm, I'm like sending him little messages like everybody's reading them, right? Like I'm trying to say, please recognize Ram Dass, right? Because he wrote the first book on this. Can you just please acknowledge that three quarters of what you have in your book? Like Ram was talking. So. My point is this, there is, a, there is the work we do inside and there is the level of power we have to see in each and every one of us. And I wanted to ask you, if you could talk to one to three things that you would say right now, it's important for people to have. Back then for me, when that was me and I was doing this, I was really ignorant. I had studied the consequences of broken promises for 10 years. So to see Ram Das, who I read everything he wrote, and then not see him get credit, he did finally get acknowledged for it. It just didn't make sense to me. So there was a level of integrity that I was learning to become in my life, which I had never been before. So I was a little bit overboard. What would we say to people here now would be on your top three for people to say, look, this is what y'all can do now. The three things would be surrender. Uh, and that means saying yes to your life in this moment, in all of its strangeness and, and, and mystery and, and difficulty, allowing for the whole thing to be there, including your shadow. It's very important to acknowledge the shadow and surrender to those parts of ourselves that, that we reject, that we resist, that we push away. Uh, the second thing would be humility because Working on humility, it softens the ego. It gives us a sense of humor. We stop taking ourselves quite so seriously. Uh, we realize that we are part of a whole and that while we are great, we also have limitations. So humility is the awareness of our proper proportion in the universe. That's how I think of humility. And that is something that we need to think about all, all the time. And the third quality really is joy. You know, we forget about joy. We're so connected to pleasure. We're so connected to the quick hit. Uh, how many likes did I get? Instant gratification. Uh, the, the superficial forms of happiness that we forget about joy, which is happiness with meaning. It's happiness that resonates uh, and that doesn't need an object or satisfaction to be there. And a lot of folks are forgetting about joy. We live in such a cynical age, in an age when we were saying there's so much fear and a lot of depression. The suicide rates are through the roof. Addiction rates are through the roof. The antidote to addiction is joy and surrender and humility. You, you're in the program where you said you had, you, had sobri you had sobriety. The first step is to recognize that you're powerless. 
That's surrender. That's humility. And ultimately, it leads to joy because you get to drop your illusion, this whole weight of illusion and denial. It takes so much energy uh, and so much life force to deny and push things away. That when we stop doing that, joy becomes a part of our lives. And joy it is an attitude. It's a way of being. It, it doesn't mean being cheerful and happy-faced. You know, joy can have bad days, but still there's an underlying joy that we're here at all. And for people like you and me, people who have survived the worst, you know what I'm saying. Even on a bad day, you're grateful to be here. I'm grateful just to be yeah. here. There, a day doesn't pass that I don't feel glad you know to be here even when they're bad days so that's an experience that can really bring people back to life at times when they're feeling so beaten down uh, so you know so disheartened that they can't find their way you know, to the surface yeah and boy that's why we do what we do and that's why we schedule what we schedule because and that's why we have these conversations mark before we run out of out of time here uh, please tell folks how they can get a copy of the book but also, I want folks to know how they can connect with you also about the forum, because I really mean it. I am not talking to you because I did this all by myself. Even the show today takes a village, takes people. Look, if we were meant to do things alone, and I've said this a million times, I'd have my own planet and you'd have your own planet. Okay, exactly. that's where we would be. But you bringing people together, especially in the forum. So how do we get a copy of the book? How do we get to your website? and tell people about the Seekers Forum. Sure. Well, the book is available wherever books are sold. I, I recommend going to Indie Books over Amazon just because I'm on the side of independent bookstores. But you can order the book or get it in any, any uh, brick-and-mortar store. Uh, my website, markmatusic.com, talks about the work I do using story as a path of transformation and writing as a, as a, as a tool for self-inquiry and self-knowledge. And the Seekers Forum, which is theseekersforum.com, is a community I started in 2013 because I wanted a place to have these kinds of conversations, to talk about the questions that really matter with seekers from across the board. So it's a non-sectarian group. We have Hindus, we have Buddhists, we have atheists and agnostics, we have Christians, Jews. It, that, it, it's secondary. What matters is that we're all people who are interested in this question, who am I? And realizing that that really is where the juice of our lives comes from. So I give a weekly guided writing session for members, which is terrific. Uh, I give a, a monthly talk. We also have guest interviews. So each month I have a luminary from the from this this uh, month. We had Ken Wilber, who's an extraordinary man. Uh, so we have wonderful guests. It's a great community, and I would just really like to welcome people to you know check us out yeah it's 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 very very unique i don't know any other uh any other site that really does what we're doing yeah and you know i gotta tell you it is all part of the learning process and the growing process because you and i said it at the beginning of the show and i want to repeat it we are not here to tell people that you have to get a disease that looks terminal in order for you that that is not what mark is doing that's not why i do it we're here to help you create those mid-course corrections in your life without those. Right, Mark? That's right. Exactly right. <laughs> yes, Pat. 